I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to the final International Marmalade of 2020, uh, number nine, I believe. We've been doing this for nine months now. I'm John Vassiani, uh, main host of Australian Jams and this bonus episode, International Marmalade, that comes once a month. And this is... I'm Mick Severett, uh, your, your humble co-host of International Marmalade. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining me again today, Mick. No worries. Thanks for having me on. Um, of course. Do you want to know something I noticed uh, when I was preparing my file for this earlier? Mm-hmm. Is that five of our nine recording sessions for International Marmalade this year have come on the 6th of a month. Oh. Yeah, that's a fun fact for everyone. Sure. We record on the 6th of a month more than half half the time. I don't know why that's happened, but it has. I mean... And I'm, I like numbers, so I'm cool with that. Well, I was just going to say, we have just been having a big conversation about how much of a stats nerd Gemma is. So the fact that you <laughs> yeah. notice those sorts of similarities or those sorts of patterns uh, is, of course you would. <laughs> I think it's also just the way I label my folders on my hard drive, but uh, we'll run with it. It's yeah. definitely because I am ingenious and not yeah. because I just label things that way of course um how you doing mix (laughs) yeah no i'm good i'm good i am so fucking excited that it's this december it is december it is nearly the end of the year i just yeah yeah gosh what i mean no shit sherlock kind of but like what a fucking year um i'm so (laughs) relieved it's it's near the end and that things are slowly starting to slowly starting to get back together. Um, yeah. yeah, well, we'll find out soon enough if that's all gone out the window or not. Yeah, but, uh, look, true. It seems quite positive right now. We'll find out. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, no, we're... So just for the listener, even though this is a end-of-year episode... We're just talking about our favourite songs of the past month. There's no no best of or anything. I don't know, Gemma, if you've got any plans for anything like that in the future, but... Um, I usually do that on Australian Jams. I haven't organised it yet this year for Australian <laughs> Jams, but that kind of comes with, 
what's happened with my podcasting this year is you know yeah uh, let's see what happens yeah. um, but this we we are we're mostly doing well recent releases yes. I've chosen the last song we're going to talk about is going to be a little bit different to that but for good reason which I've just been talking to mix about um, prior to recording. Um, so we'll get there eventually, but we've we have chosen recent releases mostly. Um, how's all your teaching going? All done. I feel like we need to give people yes, updates. Yes, yes, it's all about teaching each episode. No, teaching's all done. I'm I'm finished. I've got potentially just a bit of marking. To one go. more piece to mark, but um, yeah, it's it's great. A bit of freedom. I mean, I've got another job, uh, to do over the next next couple of months, but. Yeah, a bit of freedom is is so good. <laughs> oh yeah, I um I finished teaching on last week. Um, the date of the week doesn't matter really to anyone listening to this. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've just got a little bit of marketing to go, and then I'm done for the year too. But I found out two weeks ago that some of my students listen to this. So oh, hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Gemma's students. Uh, They're the they're great. They're, and I'm not just saying that because I know they listen to it. <laughs> but um, yeah, this group have been amazing to work with because they're a really interesting group and really engaged. Like the conversations that we've been able to have, have and especially for first year uni students, has been so great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully I get to teach them a bit more next year, but I don't know whether that um, that will pan out that way. Yeah. So we'll find out. Yeah, I've I um, had similar sort of experience this year with my with my lot and to the point where they've said to me, Michael, can you please try and teach them second year units so that we can have <laughs> you again? Which is just like, I've never had such kind, I mean, I'm taking it as a bit of a compliment, but, um, Absolutely but, but such kind feedback. Um, so to Ash in particular, I she won't listen. None of my <laughs> students listen, um, but they're, they're all brilliant. Well, I mean, yeah, I teach a music industry subject, so yeah, it's a bit more relevant for mine. Yeah, a bit more relevant oh, than man. youth work. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, not that youth workers can't be interested no. in music. No, that's true. No, that is true. Um, I'm sure everyone's loving this conversation. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. Mix. You have chosen three songs. Which one would you like to start? I with have. Today? Let's kick things off with. Um, Arlo Parks. Uh, Sounds good. Her new single, Caroline. Um, so <laughs> it seems to be a bit of a theme on uh, International Marmalade for me, at least. That I always end up talking about artists that I've seen the name of, but have never actually spent time listening to. Arlo Parks. That's the. F- that's exactly what I thought when you sent this through. It was like, oh, I keep meaning to listen to Arlo yeah. Parks, and I never do. And that's literally one of my notes. So there you go. Well, that's interesting you say because I've got something to to let you know, let you know about uh, soon that you've never heard oh, of before because I find that a surprise. Um, so sing a song right The glass on. animals song. Yeah. I am aware of okay. singing tangerine with glass right. animals. Yes. That, that was But the I've reference. never searched out Arlo Parks as a solo artist. Yeah. You okay. know, like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. She's a singer songwriter from London, has been around for, 
for two years or so. Um, this is a single taken off her debut album, Collapsed in Sunbeams, due out at the end of January 2021. Believe it or not, next month, next year. My gosh. Next month, yeah. Um, and yeah, she's already been kind of featured on the pod, sort of, when we spoke about Tangerine, although the version that I was listening to was not the single version, so I didn't hear her because she only features on the single version from what I could gather, which is weird. But anyway. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I love this song because it isn't, or well, in part because it is not a direct love, like direct kind of love song about direct personal experience. I love it yeah. because it is a, an observation. Yeah. Um, the like sonically, obviously, there's that big kind of Porter's Head trip hop kind of production style, um, and I don't know. So Arlo Parks is a poet as well as being a musician, and it feels maybe a bit lazy to draw this comparison, but I will nonetheless because I think it's it offers interesting kind of ways of understanding uh, the, the her practice, but. Um, yeah, it's perhaps a little obvious to draw comparisons with someone like Kate Tempest. Um, but, you know, there are obviously similarities in terms of both being poets, uh, and both using music as a form, albeit slightly different genres, to, to display their, their prose, if you like. Um... Yeah, yeah. What I was saying before, Caroline really comes into that out of context observation songwriting style. Um, it feels as though we don't treat that work as seriously as we do a basic kind of love song or a song about heartbreak that is of a personal nature. Um, but it's, I know, I got into some. I wrote like almost like a mini essay about this song. Of course, you did. And about I wrote three dot points, but okay. <laughs> and about this idea of uh, the author, um, because essentially it is an observation of, of somebody else, not her own personal experience. Um, there's this old guy, Roland Bass, who talks about the death of the author um, or the death of the artist as it's been applied in other contexts. You, you probably know or are somewhat familiar with this concept. Tell- can everyone tell who has their PhD and who absolutely doesn't? <laughs> oh, I hated this this idea though. I really kind of I didn't hate it, but I really kind of critiqued it in in my PhD. That's why it feels very kind of fresh. Um, anyway, he talks about this idea that the work kind of becomes its own sort of living being, if you like, once it's released from the author, and that the author is merely a collage artist. It's still somewhat important, but not an important kind of player in the whole construction and development and releasing of of this cultural product, for want of a better term. Um, I kind of really sort of hate that idea that the author is sort of not important. And even in a song like this where it's not directly personal, 
So you're not directly interested in Arlo's own personal experience here. There is still, I mean, she's obviously still coming through in this piece. It is her understanding of the world and that is perceiving this, um, this situation that she's observing. Um, and also like to remove the author from, from music now is kind of dumb. Uh, cause music is so visual. Like, I mean, you're the first person to sort of argue that, you know, artwork is so important for, for music and, and video clips are so important for music. Um, and you know, if I think about things like things of like standum or just fandom in general, like music is so much more than just listening to the song. And we can imbue our own kind of meaning onto it, but also it's, yeah, the author is so important and Arlo is so important in what she provides the listener in this song. Anyway, that's my little academic diatribe over. Uh, Chema. I think it's I think it's very interesting that you said that thing about how the visual aspect is this, it's that, it's, it's so visual um, because I've literally written something very similar to that mm. as a note for one of my songs. So yeah. Um, we will get there, but that could be a bit of a theme today. Um, so you keep saying um, it's about Arlo Parks, 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 um, describing an observation. The observation is an Australian couple fighting on Oxford Street, right? Oh, is, are they Australian? Pretty sure at the start she says an Aussie couple. Oh, I was trying to find the lyrics and I couldn't. And um, that's what I heard anyway. Huh. I am quite deaf, so I that could be wrong. <laughs> but it was just like it took me right back to being there on Oxford yeah, Street, right. and my brothers and I actually witnessed a couple. They weren't Australian, but a couple fighting on Oxford Street as well. I was just like, I feel like I'm standing <laughs> there right now, and just reliving this whole thing. It was really fascinating the way she's kind of created um, this whole story and yeah the poet thing absolutely makes sense out of one simple observation it's become this whole kind of in-depth story um, shared through this song mm. and the way Arlo Parks um, kind of is able to construct a story and convey that story is so fascinating to me and you used um, the Kate Tempest reference I I would say Again, stylistically quite different, but the storytelling absolutely there from a bit of a poetry background is Odette. Oh, yeah. Um, who, again, Australian, so I bet she's also half British, so feels like I'm getting away with mentioning her. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I found it so fascinating, and um, I think because it feels very... Um, what am I thinking of? You know, beat poets who would get up at an open mic night and mm. say their piece and stuff like that. Um, her presentation, the artwork for this song, the press shots feel very much like that. And for some reason that feels very powerful to me. And then listening to the song, it's just like, she's such an expert at doing these things. And I love it. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's such a fantastic song and I'm, it feels such an like such an easy song, mm. but each time I come back to it, it's like, oh, you know what? This is actually such a strong song. Like lyrically, it's you know 
with so much color in it as well as that straightforward kind of observation yeah yeah i love it it's so good should we hear some of it yeah uh this is a little bit of caroline from arlo parks That was a little bit of Caroline from Arlo Parks. Gemma, stop laughing at me. Um, I feel like everyone should know that I just assume Mix understands what I have going on in my head. So I don't tell him before we come back in from a break what I'm expecting him to do. And then when we come back in, I just kind of point at him. And uh, that's what—that's the magic that gets created from that, just so everyone knows. Because I'm terrible at communicating, apparently. Um, that's accurate because yeah, I never respond to Mix's messages. I feel terrible. But whatever. Left on read. Seemed. Um, Seemed indeed. No. But you know what's worse is that sometimes I mean I. This happens to everyone, not just Mix, but you know, left on read is an uh, uh, overstatement. I don't even open the messages sometimes. You know, <laughs> Mix looks absolutely ashamed of himself. <laughs> In Macquarie Dictionary. <laughs> Um, I listen to this podcast that they run called Word for Word. It's really interesting if you're interested in words and etymologies and stuff. Um, the word seemed, as in S-E-E-N-E-D, the feeling of being left on red, was on the short list to be added to the dictionary this year. Really? Yeah. So it's, it's a very relevant concept. And dare I say, one I, one I deeply resonate with, especially... From you, no. <laughs> well, no. I've this is a conversation I've been having with some friends recently, actually, um, and it kind of goes back to what you and I were talking about before we started recording. Yeah. Is once I, especially when it comes to um, a stat or something in footy that I want to find the answer to, everything else goes away. I don't want to do anything else but keep looking for that specific thing, and that could mean a whole day of me doing stats by hand to get to the answer that I want. Mm. But once I've got to that answer, I can absolutely be motivated to do other stuff. But I become so um, single-minded in my focus yeah. that I just don't respond to people, you know, all this sort of stuff. And I never used to be like that. As a band manager, I absolutely wasn't like that. But now <laughs> it's just like, it's all, it's there. Yeah, that's what it is now. Currently, my big focus is, you know, the rise of Jasmine Garner, in case anyone was wondering. Um, anyway, I have a song to talk yes, about. Yes, you do. I'm going to do the song that I kind of referenced uh, when we're talking about Arlo Parks. Because, you know, better now than later. Um, so I've chosen Bleach's new song called Chinatown, and it features Bruce Springsteen. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, which is such an odd but amazing combination of artists, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I love it. I love it so much. Um, so Jack Antonoff, who is Bleachers, has said in previous interviews saying that um, it, it's a song that starts out in New York City and it travels to New Jersey, where they're both from. Yeah. Um, 
Jack Antonoff and Bruce Springsteen, which I find really interesting to to start off with. So having listened to the song, then read that quote and listened again, it absolutely makes sense. Mm. But there's a transition in the middle of this where it transitions from Antonoff's vocals to Bruce Springsteen's vocals in kind of one lyric and it moves from one to the other. Mm. And to me, that is such a visual thing because it's like you can see them having crossed the border from New York City into New Jersey at that moment when that transition happens, you know? Like, you can see them driving over a bridge. It's a bridge to New Jersey, right? Anyway, sure. My lack of geography is showing. I've been there, so I should know. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, you can you can visualize them driving over that bridge or taking that step into New Jersey at the moment that that transition happens. Yeah. And that's such a visual thing for me, even though I haven't watched the video clip of it yet either. Mm. Um yeah, I love this song. I love Bleachers. I think Bleachers is so amazing and we probably haven't really talked about them very much because they haven't released a lot recently. Mm. Um, I listened to Bleachers a lot on a trip to Canada in 2017, if that helps anyone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that to me was really cool and the way that they could make that come across in a song um, without the need for a visual, it can create that visual kind of... Um, feeling, which is what the Arlo Parks one does as yeah. well. Yeah, it's just genius. Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of genius, Jack Antonoff is a genius. Um, Absolutely. And I don't know whether I'm slightly too young for to have gotten into Bruce, and my parents are older than parents of uh, people my age usually. Um, that doesn't make any sense. It makes sense in my head, but I've, no, I've got old, sense, older parents and I feel as though they, they didn't ever really get into the boss. I really like this song though. Um, the glockenspiel is such an obvious kind of, <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of ode to, to Springsteen, right? Um, yeah, it's such a... I can tell that Mix is listening to this just based on his <laughs> facial expressions and the way he's ending a sentence before the sentence is over because he's heard something else he wants to mention. Found out again. Um, <laughs> no, it's such a memorable song. I'm literally just reading my notes. And yeah, it might be playing in the background, but still. Um, I'm just reading my notes. Um, I've listened to this a few times since he sent it through earlier on today. And... The first, like, maybe the first two listens, I wasn't entirely convinced that it needed Springsteen on it. It's such a good, catchy, anthemic kind of song that is clearly kind of referencing Bruce Springsteen. That I thought, oh, like, why then does he need to kind of... Isn't that a bit of overkill? But, I don't know, hearing you describe how you see it visually made so much sense to me and the more I hear that kind of that transition and and Bruce's own vocals and that more raspy kind of vocals that are I mean that an older singer has anyway but someone like Bruce Springsteen has anyway um yeah that's like he brings this this heft and a very 
very specific story to to how you then read the lyrics and understand the lyrics, which is clearly what Antonoff was kind of going for. Um, yeah, it's it's such a grower of a song. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to mention again, I feel called out, Mick, saying that I didn't send my songs till today. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I acknowledge it. Don't care. Suffer, Mix. Deal with it. Yeah, look, you've um, had a busy week. We'll find out. I've had a very busy week, but we'll also find out if the show continues next year based on Mix's willingness to deal with me. Um, I feel like a newsreader right now, the way I just picked up my notes as well to, to move on to the next point. Um, yeah, I really do love this song. I love um, Bleachers as a whole. Um, my younger brother is a big fan of Bruce Springsteen. It's not... I don't often put on Bruce Springsteen, but whenever I'm in the car with my brother, he puts it on. Um, I love this merging of two very distinct styles that that originate from the same place, which mm. I think is amazing. Yeah, the similarity in story yeah. is is kind of what makes this such a or an even more memorable song. I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, shall we hear some of it? Yeah, let's do it. This is called Chinatown. It features Bruce Springsteen and it's by Bleachers. And take the just heard a little bit of Bleach's new single, Chinatown, featuring Bruce Springsteen. Uh, That was my first song of the day. Mix, you're up. Yeah, uh, second song. Do you know much of Shame? Not not the concept or feeling, but the band. (laughs) Um, Band, no concept and feeling, yes. Yes, yes. Look, same. We're getting very personal (laughs) in this last episode here. I feel I've, I know a deep, deep shame. Uh, no, not that. Yeah. Anyway. Oh God! I thought you were going to really tell me something there. I was let's... like, I don't know how to handle this. I don't deal with emotions well. Like, what do I do? You could see Gemma squirm in her seat right now, dear listener. Gosh. Don't don't get emotional with me, pals, because it's not going to work. Um. No. I mean, really, I just want to talk about the band. Uh. But it's the band again seen the name of I think I probably listened to like a couple of their their early early songs um I sort of seen them seen the name thinking oh yeah they're probably a great band <laughs> and now I'm just finally getting my getting my shit together and actually listening to them um this song is called Water in the Well and I think I like it because it reminds me a heap of Parquet Courts in that yeah, I see. Heap that. of percussion. It's less aggressive though. Yeah, yeah. It's slightly less less straight up kind of punky. More in that post punk kind of 
Britpop, post-punk, if they're two genres that kind of go together, um, realm. I think I think the uh, the term you're looking for is scar. Is it? I think it is. Personally, I got there are like, no horns. Scar vibes out. Oh, of this. really? Yeah. The the beat maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of the beat and the percussion, there is so much layered underneath this, and that's that's the direct kind of parquet courts kind of reference for me. Um, it does meld this this strangely kind of funky feel with that post-punk, really kind of drawn-out guitar sound. Um, yeah, I just really, really like this song. It's off a new album from them uh, called Drunk Tank Pink, uh, due out <laughs> next month. Um, yeah, I just really like the how uncomfortable it is in terms of those those two seemingly disparate ideas of that funky thing, that post-punk kind of throw it at the wall, see what sticks um, kind of approach. I, I'm i a big fan of post-punk music. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't listen to this and think this has post-punk elements to it. Oh, okay. That's not how I listen to it personally, but... Post-punk is, is not just one kind of you know, no. dream pop genre. It's um it's quite a broad genre. But it's interesting that that's the reference you immediately took out. And I was like, oh, this is like a weird version of Scar without horns in it. So, you know, it's quite interesting. But it's also a song that, mm. while I didn't dislike, it's not one I'm going to go and listen to again. Yeah, you know? sure. Yeah, yeah. Look, I had a, a long, long list of like 10... No, it's like seventeen songs. songs. Songs to make Gemma mad. Let's choose something she wouldn't like. because <laughs> oh, um, it's the last episode of the year. <laughs> it's always got to be one song each episode, Gemma. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I just really, really like this song. No, I have no problem with that mix. I'm yeah. just fucking with you. Yeah, well, good. Um, which is my favorite thing to do. Uh, the the tone. I'm some? sorry. Just before we do the tone, you took on. When you just said, no, I'm just fucking with you, okay? It's like, <laughs> well, all right then. Surely good. Let's... Welcome to my world. Let's proceed. Um, yeah, but let's... <laughs> before we lose our minds completely, let's hear a little bit of... Bit water in the well from shame. I said I'd get it on. I said I'd get it on. I said I'd get it on. That was a little bit of water in the well from Shame. Gemma, what you got? You got my name right. Um, so, it's actually quite funny. Uh, Mix said my name weirdly before, so that's why we've just that's why I've just made that little joke there. It's also relevant because I truly don't know how to just properly say the name of this song. Oh yeah. So I am apologising profusely in advance. It's Aurora's new song called 
Sternstov? Something like that. Think of it more Icelandic. Sternestov? Please. Sternestov. Sternestov. I reckon. That's, that's, um, yeah, that's pretty I'm good. really sorry. I tried to listen to how it was said and my mouth still doesn't work that way. I'm very, very sorry. Anyway, it's a great, great song. Um, it's a first single I can recall Aurora singing completely in her native language. Um, ah. I'm sure she's released songs completely in her native language before, but never as a single, I don't think. I think mm-hmm. it's always been part of an album or it's had some elements that are English and some elements that are not. But this one is completely... I, Norwegian yeah um, I think it might be Norwegian um, and it's just incredible and I think for me it's a really fascinating listen because as you if you've listened to previous episodes of International Marmalade or even Australian Jams I love to focus on lyrics and things like that and um, the vocal is always really important to me I think when it's being sung in a language that I don't understand I can appreciate the vocal for the element that it brings to the music while also not being distracted from what the instrumental is. And I listen to this in a really different way to how I've listened to a lot of Aurora music in the past. And I I find it just really soothing. It gives us what we love about Aurora while not necessarily being this big, like, warrior-esque song that um, a lot of her singles in the past have been where they're very kind of powerful, whereas this is a lot more... Um, relaxed, I guess, but it ah. still has that Nordic feel to it. Yeah. Mix objects to me my the use of the word relaxed, but I mean in comparison to a lot okay. of previous singles from Aurora, which have been very kind of yeah powerful, and you know you're going into war like a Viking war or something like that, and that's it's really different. I think it still has those elements, but it's not that kind of stand up and fight type of thing. I just think it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. The more again, the more I listen to this, the more I am kind of coming around to it. Because at first I heard it and thought it feels very soundtracky. Um, mm. I think it's I think it's the the drum, the drums, not the drum, but the I drums. think a lot of Aurora songs sound like they could be on a soundtrack, though. It definitely, sounds and like that this to feels me. like a really obvious kind of reference but it feels like it could soundtrack like i don't know game of thrones or something um and having only seen like two episodes of that show uh and zero um i don't know if that's actually a good reference uh it actually feels yeah i definitely hear all the scandinavian kind of feelings their nordic feelings more to the point but it there's something quite celtic about it mm. too um i think in the the melody lines like the the kinds of the notes that form those melodies feel i don't know much about celtic music but it feels as though that bor- it's borrowing a lot from from that um well they're reasonably close to each other geographically aren't they yeah I'm exposing ish. myself on the geography front today. i mean they're both in <laughs> europe i guess well, they're, they're both kind of close, aren't they? Um, Ireland and um, Nor- Norway? Not not that close. I mean, they're close. I say kind of yeah, close. Okay, kind they're of. not neighbours, but they're kind of close, right? Look, they're on the same continent, yes. 
<laughs> stop stop trying to bail me out, mate. I'm going to look up a world map right now. Yeah, right, now. do it. Cause... I'm actually quite intelligent in case you're <laughs> wondering. She's a teacher, don't you know? Um, That's the least intelligent part of me. Anyway, keep talking while I look up a world map. Uh, yeah, I when you sent this through, I was thinking... I hadn't even attempted to think about how on earth you might say the title of the song. Uh, and I just heard it and thought, oh, this just feels so out of my out of my wheelhouse, out of my ballpark in terms of anything I would ever listen to, anything I would be drawn to listening to. Um, the cover, or at least the, the image that's accompanying the song on Spotify... Looks it looks like a soundtrack as it well. It looks a bit Eurovisiony. It does, right? yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm glad that I'm not the only one that kind of sees a Eurovision. I thought it was weird as well because a lot of Aurora's artwork has always been incredible, and this one is very like, yeah, a bit weird. Yeah, like like it's been on a Disney soundtrack or something. Yeah, like that. well, apparently she has done music for Frozen. Speaking of, I mean. Makes yeah, sense. So. Um, can I just update us all on the world map situation? Yeah, yeah, please do. Norway is very close to okay. Ireland, but there's just this, you know, a um, big batch of water Britain's in between. Yeah, okay, and and, and another Britain's... country. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but they are very close to one another. I just it needs to be said, okay? Anyway, I'm closing my world map now. But yeah, no, I I am definitely coming around to this song. Um. There were just so many kind of, I guess, initial barriers to to me pressing play on a song like this. Uh, but talking through it, obviously, is is always super helpful in terms of how we appreciate music and understand music. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really glad you you chose something that's a little bit that feels a little bit out of left field. For us, really, Anglo English speaking people. I love Aurora. She's amazing, but also I. It sounds terrible to always make the comparison. I think her and Woods are very, very similar. Oh yeah. But there's obviously really distinct differences, but you know their branding, um, you mm. know the kind of the essence of their music is, is quite similar to me. They do actually look quite alike as well. Yeah. And Woods has just released this incredible record as well. So maybe that's what got me searching out Aurora to see if there was anything new. And yeah. um, here we are. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So let's listen to some. Can you tell me what the song name is again? Because I didn't listen. Yeah. Uh, Stern. By Aurora. Sternestov. Sternestov. I think because there's a J in there. Sternestov. By Aurora. By Aurora. <laughs> we'll come back in a moment. That was a bit of Aurora's new single, Sternerstov, which is hey. I feel terrible saying, but I really uh, apologise for not being able to say that correctly. 
um, mix your final song yeah for the year for the year um I want to talk about Phoebe Bridges of course you of do of course I mean anybody would want to talk about Phoebe Bridges uh, she is just almost the I'm gonna go out and say it almost the perfect songwriter um it's a big call of of that kind of singer songwritery uh shtick um <coughs> oh <laughs> there is all no right. it's all right i mean you could probably edit that cough out um and then it just sounds funny that i just said oh like halfway through <laughs> do, don't do that though because then it will make me sound like a like a slightly more you know weird i than have I am. to leave this all yeah. in now <laughs> Yes, and I'm very grateful for that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I. This is a song. This is actually a cover, um, of an old song released in the seventies by a guy called Merle Haggard. Great name. It's a great name. A great name. And I must say, when I heard Merle, I didn't immediately assume. Uh, that it was a female, yeah. Um, but definitely look up Mel Haggard's story. I went on a bit of a Wikipedia trawl, and he's had an interesting life. Uh, Tell us some of the highlights. Oh, gosh. A very difficult childhood in and out of juvenile justice kind of centre, what we would now term juvenile justice centres. Um, escaped prison a couple of times. Uh but then saw two, I think one of his friends had escaped prison who was going to escape prison with, um, but then got caught and maybe then got put on death row. And that made him realize that like, oh no, hang on, I can't do this anymore. I need to fix my life up. Um, and had been playing music whilst in prison uh, and then started playing music and was a, I think a somewhat of a successful country singer songwriter in the, in the seventies and sixties, I think from what I, from the very brief Wikipedia troll I did, uh, yesterday. Um, yeah, it's called if we make it through December and Phoebe Bridges does it all on piano. It's beautiful. Um, it feels it feels very fitting, even though this song is, you know, what, nearly forty years old. No, nearly fifty years old. Far out, far out. Uh, it's about, uh, obviously Christmas, isolation, unemployment, um, and responsibilities, and I don't know. I know a lot of people have been experiencing issues with employment this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, both our hands go up. Uh, obviously, we've all been experiencing isolation. Uh, Christmas is just around the corner and responsibilities, I guess, have sort of have evolved and have changed. Um, mm. Yeah, it's just such a beautiful song. And actually slightly off track but and this relates to my first song go on on youtube there's some bbc radio one piano sessions 
that Phoebe Bridges did with Arlo Parks. So it's Arlo Parks playing the piano and Phoebe Bridges singing. I think they did a version of Kyoto, one of Phoebe Bridges' big hits, and I think they covered a Radiohead song as well. I could be wrong there. They did do a cover, but I've forgotten which one it was. It wasn't this song that I could see. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I just love this song, and it just feels very very fitting for the year we've had yeah um yeah really interesting that it's a cover from 50 years ago when it fits what has happened this year and what a lot of people are experiencing right now so well um which is also like kind of terrifying at the same time um and also you know being in america Mm. um is a very different uh situation than we are in right now as well so yeah um i can only imagine and then that they have winter as well to combat like contend with um i found the thing that i found really interesting about this one is the the fact that we're sitting here in an australian summer um i know that's not really hot right now but it's quite warm um listening to it it does give you that atmosphere of you know you're in a dark american winter in this period of isolation and um, really, you know, concern unknown. Yeah. Um, in December, coming up to Christmas, which should be something really joyous and, you know, it's not quite that. Like, it absolutely puts you there. And we go back to what we're talking about right at the start of the episode, which is, you know, giving you the visual aspect of stuff, not just through artwork and things, but through the way they use the language. And um, it's obviously the songwriting, but it's also the way Phoebe chooses to convey that, the emotion that yeah. she's able to give, um, I think absolutely gives you all of those elements. Mm. Yeah. And the more I hear it too, the more I can... I haven't actually heard the original version, but I can picture this as a classic country song, like a classic Christmas country song. <laughs> Which, like, is almost the the best form to cover. Like, country songs are so rich to cover because they're so kind of focused in on such a a tight little idea, often, you know, around love and especially older country songs. I don't know. Apparently, there's a checklist of what country songs can be about now and it has to be about trucks, beer, women. I mean, that's changing too, thank God, but... Um, unless you're Dolly Parton. Yes, unless you are the queen, Dolly Parton. The queen. What a queen. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she is. She donated to help find a vaccine. Like, what a hero. Well, she is. Um, and Phoebe Bridges, I was going to try and find... Phoebe Bridges and Maggie Rogers have done a cover of... Iris. Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. I can't find it anywhere. Because of the election. It's not online. It's on YouTube, I think. Um, I think it's on YouTube, isn't it? Oh, it must have been taken down. Ooh, yeah. interesting. Because they... It was on Bandcamp, but it's not on their Bandcamp anymore. Um, and they raised a shit ton of money. Um, yeah, I... Because, because Joe Biden... No, was it that... Because yeah, Joe Biden was, won. She tweeted, she tweeted saying, if Trump loses the election, yes. I'll cover Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah. yeah, and Maggie Rogers said, yeah, I'm up for that too. 
I've only oh, heard tiny Trump. snippets of it. But yeah, it's great. Yeah, and indeed, fuck Trump, indeed. Um, yeah. 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 Well, let's, uh, let's listen to a bit of the song, which is, you yeah. know, a bit depressing. Um, you know, hopefully America can work their shit out now that there's a vaccine rotating around and now that there's a new inauguration happening in January. Yes, yes. Cross your fingers, because otherwise a lot of people are going to die. A lot more people are going to die. Anyway, let's not get too sad here. Go on. Yeah, look, uh, this is a little bit of Phoebe Bridges with If We Make It Through December. If we make it through December Got plans to be in a warmer town come summertime Maybe even California If we make it through December we'll be fine That was a little bit of Phoebe Bridges with If We Make It Through December. Gemma, your final song, but not a new song. No, so I flagged at the top of the episode that one of my songs was going to be a bit different. Um, I didn't even tell Mix till we jumped on this chat (laughs) that I was doing this. I just sent it through and said, deal with it. Um, No, what did I put in brackets? Go with me on this. Um, Yeah, so... This year has obviously been the wildest year a lot of us have lived through. Mm. Um, for Australians, we started the year with bush, like terrible, terrible bushfires and then almost immediately transitioned into global pandemic. Um, and us being in Victoria have felt that a little bit more keenly than others because, yes, bushfires in Victoria were intense, but also we had the second intense round of lockdown. Um it's been a lot and the thought and and then there are personal circumstances laid on top of that that we'll get to um the thought that bombay bicycle club released their first album in i think it was seven years in january of this year is nuts to me Mm. because it feels like it was three years ago Mm. because of just all the insane things that have happened um and I was... uh, Mix didn't remember this. I was telling him this before we jumped on our recording. Um, It was actually this album and the singles leading into this album that made me want to create another show, international music show, to be able to talk about how much I love Bombay Bicycle Club and how much I love this album. Um, So that's why I wanted to choose it as kind of a full circle moment because really without these songs and this album coming out this show this bonus episode which began as a show earlier in the year wouldn't exist Mm. um but also i think it's really um for me it's really interesting to reflect back on a year ago and when this song was coming out and when this album was kind of about to be released um i'd just quit my full-time job and had gone freelance you know in a year where there's a pandemic not the best idea but who was to know um and i am doing what i really really love to do now and it's really fascinating to think that when this album came out i was kind of tentatively stepping my foot into the waters of i want to do this thing um and now uh, while i'm not quite there yet with with where i want to be i've made 
60,000 steps in the past six months that I maybe took 3,000 in the previous five years. Um, yeah, so that's like a bit of a personal thing. Anyway, I've chosen I Can Hardly Speak from Bombay Bicycle Club because I think it's my favourite song from that record. But this record to me is really symbolic and I just wanted to bring it back to kind of reflect on the year that we've had, which has been, again, nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a wild year and it's been a... For everybody, it's been a very personal year, right? Like everybody has had that kind of experience of that deeply personal experience this year. Like it's not just a run of the mill year. Um, whether that be because you have been directly affected by by being sick or a relative being sick or being on watch because a relative or you are at risk. Um, I've got friends who have had to change their life completely because of that. Um, you know, uh, people who I know who are quite older as well, a similar thing. Um, but also lockdowns have, have changed our lives considerably as well. And I think it's really, you're right. Like when, when you sent through this song, I was a little intrigued, like, you, I knew there was going to be a story, because you did say there was going to be I a story. I stories. <laughs> um, but. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm so glad that you found a song from the beginning of the year that speaks to you. And that still speaks to you, that you still kind of find find solace in and find find significant meaning in. Um, yeah, after the, the shit show of the year that we've had, to kind of almost come full circle and go back to where it all began, but imbue a, a, a different kind of meaning onto the song. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's just really, really powerful. I I vividly remember um, we were having dinner at one of my absolute favourite restaurants, Bol Bol, yeah. Smith Street. Shout them out. Best dumplings. <laughs> um, in December last year or late November, I'd gone freelance at that yeah. point. Um, and we'd met there and we were, we were outside. I, I remember it. Um, and talking and I was just kind of throwing ideas out there like I want to do a show um, talking about international music that doesn't necessarily have to be as often as Australian jams but I want to do something that's international because 
I'd never get to talk about these songs. And this Bombay Bicycle Club album is coming out and I have nowhere to really express how much this band means to me or this mm. or that. And that created Not Local, which at the time Play On Radio was still a 24-hour station. Mm. Um, so that was created. And then once some changes had to be made, because, um, you know, lost a lot of work, um, it transitioned into International Marmalade, which we've been now doing for nine months. So it's really interesting that this song kind of well this album started a lot of even just this stuff um and then to look at everything else i've been able to do this year it's been really i'm trying to look really positively back on this year despite a lot of the negative things that have happened and i know that i come from a very privileged position of being able to look at things like what has happened this year quite positively because of the situation i'm in but you know uh, (laughs) 12 months ago or 14 months ago I was working in a job that I really didn't like and desperately desperately wanted to be doing something very specific um, that I knew what I wanted to do but didn't know how to get there and now even in the past week it all of a sudden feels within reach Um, so yeah it's pretty amazing so I just wanted to like share the positivity with people I guess um, without it sounding arrogant or you know um, disappointing to anyone because they've had a really hard year um, but yeah, I'm trying to find positives in that. Yeah, like there is something quite powerful about being forced to to look at yourself and to potentially to change and to evolve. And yes, this year has been fucking shit for so many people and so many additional things people have had to 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 endure and experience. But for those folk that have had the opportunity to to spend a bit more time in their own head and to think about where they're at, what they're doing, um, I've had somewhat of a similar experience uh, in terms of podcasting this year. Um, A friend of mine, after sharing an episode of Outside World, um, this podcast that I'm doing, dear listener, um, just sent me a message saying how the fuck no what'd she say you're the most productive person in this fucking lockdown which was just (laughs) a big surprise to me because i don't feel as though it's been that productive a year but then you know we've made nine episodes over nine months that always that still blows me away that it's been going for nine months um of of this little show i've put out uh, 14, nearly 15 episodes of Outside World. My partner and I had a little show called The Isolation Podcast for a while there too. Yeah, it's been like, it's been such, it's been my, the big, the very, very beginnings of a foray into properly making audio. Um, yeah. And I must say, and I know I've mentioned this to you, I don't know whether it's been on air before or not but to see what you've done this year in particular and how you've uh developed as you know in your in your career and and in just i've become full nerd haven't I? yeah in the embracement of of the full nerd status (laughs) um is is really kind of 
incredible and I'm so, you know, I'm so lucky to call you a mate and all that stuff and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I feel as though we could talk about this after we hear um, the song, but yeah. Well, I also accidentally made you cry before oh, we don't bring that up. came on, didn't I? Yeah. No, you did. You did. I did it by accident. I was just really excited about a thing that happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like that's all career stuff too. It's not even like looking personally. Like this time last year, I was in a fairly serious relationship, or what I thought was, and mm. like, you know, that clearly isn't the case. Like, you know, there's a lot that's changed, and I feel like a very different person now at 30 than I was a year ago at 29. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. I think reflecting, and I, it's not something I do quite regularly. Like, I don't sit there and you know, take stock, I guess. Yeah. Because usually I'm so busy that I'm just always doing stuff that I don't have time to reflect on that. But I think um, with the platform that I co-founded at the start of the year, um, we have been doing a lot of those reflections in anticipation of what we want to do next year. And it's it's kind of forced me to do it for a few other areas of my life. So yeah, it's been really interesting and I'm really grateful for this show because I think it's been a really nice circuit breaker once a month yeah. to sit and just have this chat yeah. um, and kind of not think about the other things for a little while and you know all that sort of stuff so it's been really good so it's yeah hopefully you'll uh stick around next year right look uh let's have a chat about this off air no no definitely <laughs> definitely up for it yeah so anyway um that's why i chose a song that was released in january this year long story that's my short. very long-winded way of saying it sorry everyone getting all personal and shit um yeah, let's hear some of it. It's called I Can Hardly Speak. It's from Bombay Bicycle Club's January 2020 album that uh, absolutely everyone should go and listen to the whole thing because it's a little bit foreshadowing as well. Um, I mean, one of the singles is called Everything is Gone, Everything Else Has Gone Wrong, which absolutely describes this year. So um, go and listen to that. This is I Can Hardly Speak. We'll be back in a tick. That was a little bit of I Can Hardly Speak by Bombay Bicycle Club. It came out in January this year um, and kind of, you know, that album started this this bonus episode, regular bonus episode uh, in the Australian Jams feed. Um, Mix, this is our last for the year, but surely you've got some plans to round out December? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I've got a couple more episodes of Outside World uh, coming out. Um in fact, when's this episode due out? Uh, maybe Wednesday, maybe the following Wednesday. Okay. We'll find out. Well, look, you would have heard some very <laughs> uh, incredible thunderstorms on Mel's episode. Um, and you may have heard or you may be about to hear the sounds of the Tokyo subway from my brother who sent in some audio um so yeah that i have been editing that today and it's been such a such an excellent thing because you know we loved when Elle and i went over to japan what last year 
yeah, last year. Yeah. Uh, that was so much fun and we just loved it. And my brother lives there. So yeah, it was quite, it felt quite nostalgic editing that. Um, and yeah, I hope you, hope you enjoy it. And then I'm going to do a, an, a final episode, um, before the year's out and with hopes to continue outside world next year, but maybe to kind of evolve the format again, getting back to that, uh, explorations of what I can do with audio. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? It's your project. Do with it what yeah, exactly. you want. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, that's what I've done with Australian jams this year. I have just not released episodes <laughs> when I should have. That's me doing what I want. Right. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. I should apologize for that, but I'm not gonna, um, you got some nice, uh, Christmas plans with your family. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be nice and low key. Just, uh, Christmas lunch with, so Elle and I are having Christmas lunch with mum and with my mum and dad. And then we're going around to her mum and dad for Christmas dinner. And my parents are coming around as well. Um, awesome. yeah, it'll be nice. It's a little tradition now after this will be the third, the third Christmas that, that I've spent at Alan, that at Al's parents place, Mike and Deb's. Yeah. Wow. But is that how, is that how long you guys have been dating? Yeah. Um, Cause I vividly remember the first time I met Alan. I've probably told that story before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, at... Can anyone tell I'm terrible in social situations? <laughs> no. No, that was that was I, fun. I mean, it's true. I'm fine with it. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it'll be but, three years know. in um, in in May. No, yeah, it's May. Yeah, three years in May. Yeah, yeah, and got got some exciting plans for for 2021, which you know maybe maybe next year on the pod, we'll see. You'll share. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness me. Um, How about you? Christmas time. Yeah, so Siren has we we've sent out our last official newsletter of the year, but we've got three kind of best of editions um, to kind of get us through December, just because we want to reflect again, reflect back on um, some of the great stuff we've been able to produce this year off a very very small budget, and we kind of want to drive that point home, given the fact that we've seen you know bigger media organisations be handed a lot of money. Um, to do very little around women's sport and we want to show what we've been able to do off the back of a very small budget so I mean also just celebrating the year that we've had too it's Mm. not all you know revenge (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so celebrating some of the stuff we've been able to do with with Siren is is really fun um preparing for AFLW season 2021 um I've got a a lot of work to do Uh, like fun good exciting work to do over the next month to prepare myself for that season because it's going to be an even busier one for me I think given a few things that I've been able to do recently Um, yeah and then Christmas with the family we've got we've got a reasonably small family when it comes to our extended fam Um, so we're not going to be doing too much that's not COVID safe Um, but we all just go over to my non-animal's house and have, you know, lunch and dinner there, just chill there the whole day nice. and, you know, 
my dad has one sister and she has two kids and you know it's a pretty small event but it's really really nice because we're a really close family Mm. so um i'm really looking forward to it actually because it's just yeah i really like being around my family and stuff so that's good and we have like a christmas eve tradition which we do at my mom's house mom and dad's house so um looking forward to that as well but yeah just uh i've i've just got i I think i'm busier now than i was a month ago Um, it doesn't stop in anticipation (laughs) in anticipation of what i want to achieve next year now um i feel like i have a bit of momentum behind me at the moment um so i i don't want to I don't want to get lazy and and not make the most of that momentum. So absolutely um, going to be powering through. I, I probably at this stage won't get a break or won't give myself a break until the end of AFLW season, which will be April next okay. year. So if you, um, if you have questions about AFLW, <laughs> send them to me. <laughs> Because I'm always there to answer yes. them. That's my service to the world. Gemma is your AFLW stats expert. Um, the siren team called me the AFLW Oracle, and I'm slowly <laughs> trying to own that. Own that. Um, Sabby, <laughs> Sabby's going to be so mad at me for this. Sabby put it in my Twitter bio the other night when I was with her, and then two days later I deleted it because I was not feeling great about it. <laughs> Um, she hasn't noticed yet, so sorry, Sabby. Love you. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's wrap this one up. I th- hope everyone has a a nice, relaxing, if they can, um, holiday period. Yeah. I guess. Obviously, everyone's in different circumstances in the world right now, but you know, there's a bit of hope hope on the horizon given the vaccines and things like that. So, um, going to try and stay positive. Mix. If people want to come and find you and talk to you. How do they do that? Yeah, well, they can hit me up at Mix Everett on Instagram and Twitter. That's M-I-K-S-E-V-E-R-I-T-T. Um, yeah, Instagram, Twitter is the best place. Uh, you can check out my website, mixeverett.com, if you really want to. Um, make sure you go and subscribe to Outside World. Um, just pop it into your podcast player and it'll come up there um and yeah looking forward to a heap more stuff next year yeah yeah Yeah. um if you want to if you want to find me to talk to me about footy um find me at gl bastiani on twitter if you want to talk to me about music find australian jams on twitter um, also make sure that you are subscribed to the Australian Jams podcast feed because, you know, it's not just International Marmalade that comes out once a month. It is a great episode every fortnight with an excellent local industry guest. What were you going to say? Can I just call me say out? that the last two episodes have been my f- the favourite, the, the best episodes you have done of this show. Um, wow. In part... In part because you're such a brilliant interviewer and and co-host, but because both Eilish Gilligan and Jono Talk um, are so insightful and so... I, I especially loved the one with Jono just because he has such a, an encyclopedic knowledge of, of music and of production, and clearly he's done a lot of production. Mm. He produced a lot of my mate Jack R. Riley's work um, as well. And I think played in Jack's band for a little while too. Maybe I could be wrong there. Um, yeah, hearing him talk about 
what makes songs work and like unpacking the craft like i'm a big sucker for that kind of stuff um but also hearing eilish and the reflection she offered on on this year um and i actually heard uh watch some thing on the mix on um (laughs) it's an abc art show because you know i'm that i'm that guy uh but they were talking about musicians and transition transitioning and pivoting in 2020 and they said eilish gilligan is like the artist to watch in terms of how you do it well and i thought hey that's so good that you know a somewhat of a smaller artist is getting recognition on on a national stage um and just yeah i've never watched her twitch streams but hearing and seeing what she's been doing and how she's how she's been making it work has just been has been so good and hearing her reflect on it on your show on Australian Jams on this in this podcast feed um <laughs> was yeah one of the highlights one of my listening highlights of the year that's uh it's really nice to hear that because even while in those conversations I felt like I, I was so enthralled by yeah. what they were saying and I was really excited to release both of those episodes because I just thought that they gave so much and they were so articulate and eloquent in what they were trying to express. And I think Jono, yeah, he very much talks about probably the more the technical side of creating music and how lockdown might have affected musicians in ways that aren't just a lyric or something mm. like that. Um, whereas Eilish very much reflected on you know the emotional side of her journey of the past three years since we last uh, since she was last on Australian Jams and um, how she adapted what this new EP means to her and and why it's come when it has and all that sort of stuff and I was so so excited to release that to the world because I think she's she's an incredible person who um, I think is finally getting the recognition she deserves for what she does um, because she's always released amazing music. She's always had that incredible voice. She's always written incredible songs. Um, but I think, weirdly enough, the the year and what the year's thrown at everyone has allowed her to elevate herself above others mm. and, and really be even more yeah. unique and, and worth looking yeah. at. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, just talking about songs that we love like getting to talk about Lupa J and getting really excited about Lupa J with her and um, talking about Geordie Race Coldre who is kind of a new kid on the scene who's doing some amazing stuff and, and has a really I, I'm really um, enthusiastic about what he can bring next year and things like that it was I had the best time doing those chats and Eilish as well I, getting off that chat with her because it, it's funny we actually recorded I actually recorded those two conversations two days apart oh, okay but they were released two weeks apart. So it was funny that um, Eilish hadn't heard what Jono had said mm. about her before um, I spoke to mm. her. So it was really amazing how, without realising, the two of them actually chose each other's songs, mm. wanted to talk about what each other had done. And I, I just really love that community aspect too, which was cool. Because yeah. um, that's probably the one thing that I really miss not working always in the music industry anymore is just the community aspect and and i certainly have that aspect in footy um but you know all my old mates are are still in music and i don't see them as often because i'm not out and about at these things as much um so it felt really nice it felt like that was very much coming through yeah 
Um, also, both of them had just released unbelievable records, yes. which also helped a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you for saying that because I just I lo- really did love those conversations. I love having conversations like that with people. If you can't tell. Yeah. Yeah. I talk so much. I'm sorry. No, no. I live alone. <laughs> Anyway, should we wrap this up? The tagline of 2020. I live alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that I... um, I always think that I'm fine. And then when I actually talk to someone on something like this or whatever, I just like, I'm talking so much. I'm like, okay, yes, it has affected me. (laughs) But it's fine. You guys are choosing to listen to this or you're choosing not to, which is also personal choice. Everyone makes decisions. Um, and that is yours. Anyway, thank you, Mix, for a wonderful first year of international. No Online. worries. Thank you for inviting me on to do this little show with you. It's been such a blast, and I look forward to to doing it all again next year. Heck yeah! Um, find Australian Jams on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Even though I don't use Facebook very much, sorry, it's really annoying. Um, it's just if you search Australian Jams, you will find me. Um, otherwise I, I do believe I have one final episode of Australian Jams for the year. Um, just trying to work out an exact time to record that one, but it's with a musician who, um, I have loved for a really long time, both in their band and their solo project, uh, which is incredibly exciting to me. And Mix is trying to work out who it is right now. I haven't told him yet. Um, it's yeah so trying to work that for this year if it's not this year then absolutely i will have them on next year but otherwise um catch mix on twitter and instagram catch me um gl bastiani on twitter or australian jams on all the other things and uh i'll catch you later sometime (laughs) we'll find out see you mix see you Gemma. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started